welcome to Indonesia Digital Deconstructed, where we break apart and dive deep into the different parts of the Indonesian tech scene to get an insider's look into how each space is evolving. Leveraging off our research, proprietary insights and working with leading entrepreneurs, we'll bring you the insider's view of the industry as we navigate our way around one of the world's fastest growing tech scenes. Hi everyone, this is Helen Wong, Managing Partner at AC Ventures. I'm glad to continue our Female Founder Series and today our guest needs no introduction. Luna Maya is an Indonesian model, actress and presenter. She is also the co-founder of Nama Beauty, a direct-to-consumer cosmetics and skincare company in Indonesia. Nama provides affordable, luxurious products for everyday essentials such as color cosmetics, skincare, health and beauty. Luna, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Helen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> For um for those of us who you know are just getting acquainted with this Nama and with this market, can you tell us a little bit about how your career has taken you from artist to entrepreneur? How did you take an interest in D 2 C cosmetics? So basically, I grew up in Bali. So my dad, he's an artist, he's a painter, musician, and my mom, she kind of the business woman you know she's doing the business i mean they collaborate my dad does the the painting does make the pattern to make the batik so from my early age i was growing up looking at my mother being a businesswoman it's a small business it's not like something big but i always look up to her wow she's doing a business one day i also want to do a business so it took quite a long, long, long journey because I've done so many businesses, but I, I have to say it's not failing, but it's just not working. And I kept on like thinking, why is it failing? Not failing. Yeah. I, I didn't get my money back. I was just investing. Then I decided, you know what, if I want to do business, I have to do it. I have to, I have to be in the business. I have to learn how to do it. Because I didn't go to school, like learn business or, or economics or anything, but I have a big ambition. Yes. Ambition to learn, ambition to do it. And then 2013, I jumped into a clothing line, which is I already had from 2007, but my business partner was doing it. I want to do it. I want to learn. But he was like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. You just sit and promote. And I was like, no, I want to learn. I wanted to know every single details, like what is the cost, how to do it, how to deal with the people, you know. I just jumped into the pool and learned how to swim by myself. I was drowning, yes, but I tried to climb up and learn. So 2018, uh, I've seen a lot of like new local product has risen up. And also because of Kylie Cosmetic, it becomes so popular, like and also Rihanna with Fenty. So I was like, I think it's about time for me or for people who has followers because i i feel that celebrity is a brand your name is a brand you can influence people we work with global or local big company they actually appoint us to become their ambassador at that time i thought is it really hard to make your own brand it must be so expensive because like for one quantity there there must be a minimum so I always have like a big question mark. And then I saw like a few of my celebrity friends, they're making it. Is there any big company behind them or they're doing 
with their own money. And I asked them, we, we talk, and they said, oh, I make it by myself. And I was like, really? You can. I started to search like manufacturer and I went to the manufacturer, which is in Indonesia. So I had a lot of meeting. I spent a lot of time there looking at formulas, yeah, looking at samples, bottles and everything. And I started to learn the cost of goods. Okay, so the minimum of quantity and everything I started to learn. But at that time, I have no knowledge of selling it. I have no partner. It was just me doing it. This amount of money I think I have to actually produce, but I need someone to also help me in a way to sell. So that's why I met my co-founder, uh, Marcel. He's actually my friend and we just casually meeting, like talking, and I know his business is big in retails. So I thought he's going to be a perfect partner because he knows how things work because he's in the retail industry. So that's why I asked him to be my co-founder to join my business. Excellent. Excellent. That's a, that's a great story. So it seems like it started with the inspiration from your mother. And then you basically, without having gone to business school, but just wanted to jump in and just do it, right? And uh, learning by doing. I'm sure you, you're a big inspiration to a lot of female founders out there. Yeah, you just need to have a big guts, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is it's something that really brave, I think, without any knowledge, without any uh, backgrounds, but it's just... You just sometimes need to just do it, like Nike. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and also um, have a co-founder who compliments you, right? I think you mentioned um, myself probably bringing more sales and marketing side of things while you actually went to the factories and figured out the product and manufacturing and, of course, bringing your fans, whom I'm sure were big support for you as you grew the brand. Well, if you say a big support, yes, but... Not all 270 million people in Indonesia are my fans. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the, the real problem. How to penetrate, how to, to scale your business, not only to your fans. So yeah, I thought with my followings, oh, it's so easy. Just 1% of my followers will buy. But actually, it's not that easy. No. It's really not that easy. I thought it will be that easy. But turns out not everybody is your fans. They just want to know about you. They just want to know about who is Luna Maya. But can I really influence them to buy all my products? Not really, actually. <laughs> I have to convince them with branding, with marketing, products. Of course, product has to be good because I think the market is starting to become more, I have to say, more open-minded. They're willing to try new products. They're willing to explore new things. Because the market in Indonesia, I think they're, they're starting to open up and growing. So they're curious about their own local brand. Before, yeah, like I said, it's been dominating with global brands or local big, uh, big company, FMCG, or those big companies like Wings Group, lineup of products from home care, from FMCG, from everything they have. Especially for the Gen Z, they're very unique generation, yeah. They want to find a product who is the same lifestyle and the way of thinking. So I think the new brand, the new local brand, the branding side, the marketing side, it become very unique, not like the old school. Tone of voice, the, the how they, they communicate the brand, it become more personal. That's why it's such a big trend, huge market in Indonesia. And now a lot of like new brands 
pop every month. They become the new big things, like example something, Scarlet, uh, MS Glow. We have a few of rising new brands. As we know, before like early 90s or early 20s, uh, 2000, it's been dominating with Warda, Mustika Ratu, all those big brands, all those big companies, or L'Oreal, Maybelline, and we can name many. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's that's a topic we we can maybe dive a bit deeper into, like you know how the, how you see the market. I mean, obviously the market is pretty open. I know there's a lot of Korean brands that seem to be very popular, also local brands coming up. And you touched on something which is like more personalized brands, right? And do a lot of interaction with your fans. I I know like from my experience in China, some of the big Influencers, they will have their fans or, or you know just supporters of their brands, like constantly asking them questions, and some even would just tell them about things very personal, like I'm studying for my college exams, <laughs> wish me luck, and things like that. So I I thought that was like super interesting. I mean, obviously you you're a celebrity and you're very busy, but just curious, how is that interaction with the fans? Yeah, early stage of the company, uh, I try. To involve my followers, so I use a lot of Instagram platform to to communicate with them, to know what they like, what they want, and what are they looking for, what kind of products. So I try to involve what I have been doing. Example for like, which color you prefer, nude or red, or what type of foundation do you guys use more, or eyeshadows, or etc. So I try to interact with them, and I get the insights from them. So based on that, so I I know a little bit. Oh, the market is this type of market. So I try to create something that it would sell because I know the data is telling that towards that direction. So yeah, I've been I've been I've been interacting at the early stage of the company of the brand, but as we grow. We also got investor invested by ACV, and yes, we decided to actually going forward towards a not celebrity brand because I don't want Nama to be known as a celebrity brand. We're trying to separate that a brand that loves by the celebrity. So we have a slight changes in direction in a way right now because we want to have a. Bigger scale, bigger market, bigger audience. So I don't want only Luna Maya's fans are using Nama. I I want to communicate that this brand, yes, it's owned by me. I am the CEO, whatsoever. But this is not my brand. This is your brand, the customer brand. And I believe that product quality formulas and the quality of the product is number one. It will speak louder than. Our bu-、uh, marketing budget or our、uh, branding, or so I'm very focused in the quality of the products. I'm quite picky with the products, so I, I sometimes I sacrifice the margin <laughs> because I want to deliver. I'm not say the best, the best for that range of price. That's why we 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 call it affordable luxury. Yeah, I want customer to be happy. I want them to feel that I give the best product because I believe that a good product will stay longer and the trust. I will gain the trust because I also use the products, so I have to believe in the products. That's number one. So in that case, our retention rate is also very high. 
Speaking of the sales, the retention rate is quite high for a new brand, for a new product. So, which is, I'm very happy to hear that because that's all matters, I think. Of course, sales is also matter, but I think to have people coming back to you, that means you have a loyal customer. And that loyal customer be, can become a brand ambassador of our products, of our brand, without us have to pay. That's the most important thing, you know. It's like an organic marketing. That's also uh, is one of our strengths. You know, in business speak, we always talk about, like, first there has to be the awareness, then there has to be the trust to have the conversion to paying, and then there has to be the, the retention because you do not just want to, you know, keep spending marketing dollars to acquire new users. Yeah, so... And, and I think of that, you know, the funnel, the retention is probably the most important because it tells you that users really love your product. And if they can be your brand ambassadors, that's, uh, that's even, even better. So I'd love to just talk a bit more about like, uh, you know, how do you see, so is the core value proposition for Nama uh, then the, the price value for money, the value product for in this crowded cosmetic space where, you know, there's so much brands vying for attention and skincare as well. Uh, so is that the core that you want to focus on? We're trying to be neutral. We're not trying to be pretentious in a way. We're trying to be as honest as we can because I've been seeing a lot of brands are, I'm not saying they're pretentious or they're or their, their message is fabricated. But what I'm trying to say is, if you want to come to me and you say, you know what, I don't like your skincare or I don't like your, your products. I mean, I try to be like open-minded, open heart and accept that because every people is unique. Every people is different. So I cannot accommodate like 260, 270 million the same and can accept our products. There are so many products out there. So that's why we, we try always to 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 share our value, to share our message. That's why we have hashtag is like our message is stay real. So stay real means it's very simple, but I think yet very powerful. I don't want to change you. I don't want to change them. I don't want to change people. I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to be proud of themselves, just stay real, but I want them to also to take care of themselves. So that's just a simple message, a message that I, I want to deliver to the customer. So in that case, if they get it, if they feel the same value as us, they will buy our products. Because I don't I don't want to be someone who's like telling, oh, this is skincare, this makeup is like 100% will make you beautiful, will work for your skin. I mean, if it, it doesn't work for you, it's okay. There's a lot of new brands, a lot of many cosmetic brands. Maybe you're more suitable for that brand or for that market. So for me, I'm trying to be honest. We're trying to move towards clean beauty because I also want to contribute. Okay, I mean, it sounds like oh, a better world, a better blah, blah, blah. It's a bit contradicting. You're selling <laughs> products, but you also want to contribute to the world. Yeah, I'm not saying my action is like 100% now, but we are trying our best to also contribute to make a sustainable product, a, st a st sustainable environment we're trying to have that conscious mind that we want to go towards that 
that direction. But yeah, we also want to ride the wave in that direction. So yeah, we'll see. I hope we can be consistent in that message. That's interesting. I think you you talk about the stay real message. I think it will appeal to a lot of women because we're under so much pressure constantly from the media to look a particular way and maybe look younger, look fairer. That is also I want to break the stereotype of being pretty. Pretty in Indonesia has been stereotyped like it has been a big movement, and they kind of believe that pretty is have a long black hair. Fair skin, that's pretty. In my campaign, I try to use as as real as you can. Like I, I don't mind if their skin are dark or tan or fair or or anything. The fact that our country has like a lot of ethnicities, we should embrace that, and you know, we should talk to them like, hey, you know what? Accept your your Ruth, you know. So that's why we have campaign cerah bukan putih. Cerah means uh, glow, bukan means no. Uh, so glowing is not always white. Whatever your skin tone, if you taking care of your skin, if you take care of your of yourself, you will glow and you will look good. It's not because you're glowing and you have to be white. It's not that. We try to to talk more about yeah reality. I mean, we, we're trying to be as honest as we can. Of course, we, we, we also want to, we try to look good, to make good photos, good products, good message. We try to stay real all the time. Can you share a bit, little bit about, you know, how do you see the different platforms? Like, for example, uh, do you like TikTok, live streaming, making videos? Do you like Lazada, Shopee? We do have our all our products in all those platforms. But it's quite interesting these days. Our TikTok shop is growing really, really. <laughs> but it's something really consuming, time consuming. Because you have to broadcast it every day, every single hour. You have to do the live. You have to talk about like selling, selling, selling. It's something really interesting because... The market is actually unique. I cannot stand to watch TikTok and then, oh, he's selling same thing for like two hours. But apparently, for the market, it works. So that's something new that we're doing every day the past one and a half months. Um, and also Instagram still still one of the big platforms that we use for marketing. And our biggest channel, uh, top three, is Shopee and Tokopedia and our own website. Um, but we also have in Lazada, Blibli.com, but somehow those two platforms are the biggest contribution to the sales. But surprisingly, um, our online and our offline, still our offline has the, bigger, uh, the biggest uh, market share. We are at the moment 60%. Mm, so because people probably still want to be able to test. Yes, try. Yes. And and if you go to the, you know, secondary, like second cities, you know, the internet in Indonesia has not really, um, in a way, it's only in the big city that we, we have a good internet. I mean, if you go to the secondary, like a, the suburban, the internet has... A, bit slower than the big cities so somehow the online market they're using 
those platforms to shop online. But I think when they know you have an offline store or or some offline store has our brand, they still like to to go to that store and try it. And maybe after they try, they shop online. So yeah, our our biggest contribution to the to the sales still um, offline at the moment. That's actually our biggest um, challenge right now because I've been telling to my team like, you know what? Can you make it like 50-50? I need my online as strong as my offline. That's great. That's great. Um, is there one leadership lesson you've learned from doing the startup that you would like to pass to aspiring founders? I think, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm a perfect example, but because I'm still learning, uh, never give up and never try to, Never stop trying. And if you fail, it's actually okay. Because I think failure is good for you. Because every failure that I've experienced, is just making me stronger. And I can learn why it's failing. Why this is doesn't work. Why uh, this is not a good direction for the brand or for the, the, the market or whatsoever. So we can study it and never, never afraid to ask, to learn from people. Like you don't have to feel that, oh, he went to Stanford, he went to Harvard to study. Who am I? Am I not, I'm nothing to compare to them. So never afraid to actually um, push yourself, push your limits and then just be there, be there from the start and if you have the the, the budget <laughs> hire smarter people <laughs> so so they can help you and don't 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 underestimate yourself just believe if you really believe in your product or your business model just go for it just go for it i mean i i think all the successful uh businessmen or people have the same idea of making business you know they fail many times uh, until they they become successful so yeah there's no I, I think there's no success story without a journey and trust the journey trust the process uh, I think from my experience from my knowledge yeah I, I'm not afraid to give it a try I've been you know I failed so many times but somehow I I don't stop somehow I'm still here try to learn try to um, achieve my bigger goals and my bigger dreams so if I could do it so can you so I mean like don't don't stop yourself just just do it 